two, well, we'll certainly finish on equal cell sizes. And then we may get on to, uh, we will get on to simple regression. I don't think we'll finish simple regression, but we'll get on to it. Um, so most designs for analysis variance assume equal ends. Uh, the math works better with equal ends. If you know the number of times you saw that n was a, one of the terms when you're, when you're actually doing the sums of squares. So it's always there. Except for the simplest ones, like say one-way analysis of variance. One-way analysis of variance, you don't need equal ends. Uh, but everything else, you pretty much do. Okay, so you need equal cell sizes. So let's say you have unequal ends. <laughs> then what? Because it's going to happen. And I mean, you guys, again, I just talked about thesis conference, and you guys that go to it this year, you'll see that people have unequal ends. And you, next year, you'll be collecting data, a lot of you, and you'll have unequal cell sizes. And you'll wonder, what do I do? Well, there's a couple of things you could do. You could estimate the missing values. Um, we talked briefly, no, that was in the last class. We, one, one thing you could do is estimate the, the missing values. Um, how would you do that? You could use the average, right? You could use the average of that group. You could use the overall grand mean. There's a lot of things you could do. Um, the median, perhaps, depending on how this thing's distributed. Things to remember, though, when you do that, and then you crunch it through SPSS or Statistica, whatever the heck you're using, it's going to work under the assumption that that wasn't something that you estimated. It's going to work under the assumption that that's something that you actually got so you have to adjust your degrees of freedom accordingly because you assigned a value arbitrarily. So you lose a degree of freedom when you do this. Just keep that in mind. Um, one of the questions you can ask yourself is when I'm going to make up the number, because that's what you're doing. You're estimating a value, you're making up a number. Do you include the possibility of an interaction or not? Do you include the main effects? What do you do? So you could just estimate it, but you could come up with some kind of say, okay, what's the main effect of A, what's the main effect of B, what's the interaction, and put them in there, do you assume, well, what if your analysis before doing the estimation, what if it shows no interaction, statistically significant-wise, do you put that in? What if it shows no actual B effect, do you put that in? This, those are real, and then you think about it, this is actually a lot harder than just putting in a number, or it's potentially a lot harder than just putting in a number. So remember, no matter what, you've lost a degree of freedom when you do this because you have arbitrarily assigned a value, an extra value. So that's something to keep in mind. Now, again, if you, using almost any modern statistical software, you can tell it to put missing values in. You can tell it how to do it, and it will actually correct for you. However, if you are putting the values in yourself, remember to remove that degree of freedom. Now, there are other ways to deal with this. Um, Everything I've taught you so far, everything in the book, are what are called type 1 sums of squares. Okay? These are the ones that Fisher came up, Fisher and Yates, basically, determined. These were the type 1 sums of squares. Um, they actually work perfectly if the ends are equal. And again, note the number of times when you looked at those things and it just said n. It didn't say n for one group, n for another. It just said n, assuming that all the number of subjects are equal. So... It obviously, type 1 sums of squares assume equal ends. They don't work as well when you have unequal ends. 
And now you're wondering, oh, tomorrow at the Honors Thesis Conference, I'm going to see a bunch of talks where people had unequal ends and maybe they did it wrong. No, they didn't. There is something called type 2 sums of squares. I'm not going to show you how to calculate these things. They involve a great deal of matrix algebra. Uh, and I don't like matrix algebra. I almost quit graduate school, I think, because of matrix algebra. I don't like it anyway. Looking back. What type 2 sums of squares do is they deal with missing values. They deal with unequal end sizes. But they don't work when there's an interaction. Don't work when there's an interaction. So if you know there's no interaction, type twos are fine. But of course, there's type three sentence squares. The nice thing about type threes is that they deal with interactions. You may or may not know. You probably don't know if there's an interaction or how could you know? Um, type three sentence squares are safe. They work if there's an interaction, beta facts, or none of the above. While we've learned the type 1 analysis, I've, I've told you about it because it's conceptually a lot easier to deal with, the software always uses type 3 subscores. So whenever you're using SPSS or you're using some other statistics package, it always used type 3 subscores. And again, it's, that's all done with matrix algebra. Okay. Um, if the ends are equal, by the way, type 1 equals type 2 equals type 3. Aha! So, if the ends are equal, it doesn't matter what kind you use. And that's why I always tell my, 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 my honors thesis students, just go get another one. Go just test one more person. You know, it'll be fun. Makes life a little bit easier. It's also easier to do post-hoc tests using like by hand, which I think is a much more sens sensible way to do things, it's a lot easier to do them like that if you do them with equal ends. Kenny, you look like you have a question. I was just going to ask if, um, if the ends are equal and you type 1 and type 2 and you have to do equal, isn't that like saying that one of them is the equal? No, okay. not at all. Because there are three ways to calculate, there are three ways to estimate yeah. the same thing. Um, so type one, the, the, the expected value, let's, let's make it for a very straightforward analysis variance, like a two by two. So what mean squared A, the expected value of that, if this, if this is a two by two, let's say, like a two factor, the expected value of that is uh, alpha plus epsilon, assuming fixed factors, et cetera. Now, if the ends are equal, this is true. If the ends aren't equal, and we calculate mean squared A using type 1 sum of squares, that suddenly isn't true anymore. It, it screws with it a bit. Now, if there's no interaction, uh, we have unequal ends, this is still true. If there is an interaction, and we have unequal ends, that's still true. If we have equal ends, which equals the type 1 sums of squares, which equals the type 2 sums of squares, which equals the type 3 sums of squares. Okay. So the point is that type 3s work always. So that's why we always use type 3 sums of squares in our calculations. In the computer, uh, the, 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 the cal doing the calculations by hand 
Um, anybody here love matrix algebra? I don't even like, you know. Yeah, so I mean, matrix algebra can be very hard. Um, and frankly, you're not typically taught this stuff until you're in graduate school. And I was taught it in my PhD one stats class. Uh, because basically, it, it, it can make your brain explode. But unless, unless you're like a math major and you've done a lot of matrix algebra, most people haven't really been dealt. Have you ever, anybody here even done matrix algebra? Yeah, besides heard of it. But I mean matrix algebra, so if I had like something that looked like this. I mean, it's hard. I think I actually could do that. But that's about as far as I go. I try to get that wrong, though. What would you just call it? Each number? Each number? Each fraction? No. Like zero times one times No, that's the thing. It's not quite that easy. Uh, and then we can make it hard. Yeah. We can do the inverse of that. <laughs> <laughs> that's hard to do. And that's actually simple. If there was a math major in the class, they'd go, well, I don't do that. Well, yeah, fine, they'd go, that's great. But, typical math major person, <laughs> screw you. Point is, we don't teach this because, frankly, unless you're, you know, if we had, if, if you did like a mathematical stat class, which I don't think we have one, if we did one, you'd learn that stuff. But that's not what we're using statistics for. So the reason I talk about showing you the type 1 sum of squares is intuitively it's pleasing. Right? It's x minus, you know, say x, x, x bar three root minus the grand mean squared. They're just sums of squares that make sense. So the point is, though, that if the n's are equal, this crazy stuff with matrix algebra equals that nice intuitive thing with the summation sign and the little squared sign. So you have to worry about this too much if you do these things, but with a computer, which you typically do. Now there's type four sums of squares. What? Why would you have those? We already have three types, and you said type three worked fine. Type four sums of squares work with empty cells. Now an empty cell is when you literally are missing all the data in like A1, let's say all your data for A2, B2, you don't have any. Because you're a loser. <laughs> Uh, as my old stats prof, Ian, used to say, the best way to collect unbalanced data is not to collect it! To analyze it, rather. Just don't collect data like this. There are times maybe you run out of money. Maybe it's impossible to do those two groups. It is conceivable this could happen. But don't let this happen. If you get a case where you have, well, I'll show, I'll show you in a second. The problem with empty cells is actually there's no unique solution. Because how do we know what goes in there? And type 4 sum of squares don't come up with a unique solution. First time you calculate them, they come up one way this, you put the order, numbers in a different order, they come out a different way. Significantly now, but now it's not. Depending on the order you put the numbers in, you start doing the calculation. So in other words, if you have data like that, you don't really have results. Well, you, there's, like, think about this. A classic kid is an empty cell. 
This is a two by two. A1, A2, B1, B2. What goes here? What do you think? What, what, what looks sensible? Four. Yeah, four looks sensible, doesn't it, for a sense of symmetry? Why not 703? Because you can't give me a better. It looks nice, too. <laughs> I mean, you can't say any, there is no unique solution to this. So type 4 sum of squares do something, but they're almost, they're almost just there for theoretical interest. They're pretty much useless. What I would do in this case, if I couldn't collect this, is I would turn this into group 1, group 2, group 3, and I would, call, I would do a one-way analysis of variance. I'm sorry, I can't do interactions. I can't do mean effects of A or B. I can tell you the three groups are different. That's what I do here. The only thing I could do. So you could make all kinds of things like 4 and 2 is 6. Okay, 2 and 4 is 6. Yeah, that, so that adds up nicely and it looks all nice and symmetrical. But maybe there shouldn't be an interaction, right? Maybe theoretically you think to yourself there shouldn't be an interaction here, so we should work out a number here that gives us no interaction. Yeah, yeah. assumptions you're making are based on not enough information, right? Because you know going from B1, from A1 to A2 drops you 2. You could also say that. Oh, look. So I can make an argument. I, you can make arguments every which way. So going from A1 to A2 should drop you 2. Why should this be 0? Oh, I see. So, I mean, you could say that too. No. Because it's now you're doing calculations based on numbers that are completely made up. That have you have no. You're every time you're doing it, you're making all kinds of extra assumptions. So if you and again we could say that this should drop by two, find zero. This should be four because it looks like we have an interaction here. How do you know there's an interaction? I don't know. I can't know because I don't have all the information. Right. So almost anything you could make an argument for. And like I said, why not seven hundred and twenty-six? Who knows? <laughs> Maybe there's some kind of crazy interaction where you get A2 and B2 together and it goes up to 726. Right? There's no answer. So the best way to deal with this is just not to collect data like this. It really is. 